From your early childhood conditioning, you get a very strong imprint very early from mother that doing nothing is not good. The nature of the interruption of the addiction is you, you learn to do it to yourself. Mother's job is to condition you to be a functioning adult. She's done a pretty good job. You all relatively together functioning adults, right? You know how to feed yourself, yeah? You know how to put your clothes on, you get the buttons done up, right? Okay. And you managed to put some sort of life together for yourself. Yeah? So mother did her job. She got you to be a functioning adult. But on the other hand, the nature of the functioning adult is to disturb the status quo. In other words, disturb the tendency of the child to be a brat. So the disturbance of the cycle is gradually you internalize that process. So now you get to the meditation cushion and you do it to yourself. When you start to interrupt yourself, the nature of the ego structure can't really handle that, so it has to blame it on somebody. So what happens is, is that the child blames it on someone as an excuse for interrupting themselves. So from this point of view, all your bad states are entirely your responsibility because you're doing it to you. doesn't matter what somebody else is doing to you. Your state remains, your state remains well within your power. It's, your state is completely and totally under your control insofar as you can exercise the mindfulness to be present in the moment. And insofar as you can keep that present mindfulness in the moment, then it doesn't go to the appetite, it doesn't go to the addiction, and more importantly, it doesn't go to negative mind states based on aggression, no will, and so on, and so on, and so on. You start to do it to yourself. And this is the interesting thing that you start to see in meditation is that boredom is something you do to you by being discontented with the lack of something that seems to be happening in the moment. But the point is, is that in any moment of time, an infinity of things is happening, no? The rug, you feel the rug under your bum. You feel the breeze of the fan on the back of your neck. There's always your breathing. There's the breathing in and the breathing out. That's always with you. Not terribly entertaining. Now, the thing that you have to understand in the nature of your conditioning is your entire conditioning has been built around being entertained. Whether it's entertained by work, entertained by relationships, entertained by TV. The average American watches, and the Canadians are, you know, when I say American, you say Canadian, it's the same noun in a way, four hours to five hours a day, television. And the average child who's now 30 years old or younger has on average watched four to five hours of TV a day as a kid. What are you being fed? Four to five hours of, of entertainment or interruption with the idea that it's not good enough the way it is. Unless you have Gap clothing, you're a loser kid. Unless you have uh, McDonald's french fries, you're not one of the chosen kids. So the battle goes on and on and on. When you come to the spiritual path or the path of liberation or the path of realization, the thing that you're, you're fighting isn't your appetites and it isn't your addictions, right? It's your inability to face the fact that it's an appetite and it's addiction. In other words, being bored isn't the issue. It's your inability to look at the nature of the patterning of being bored that's your issue. Hmm? In other words, I haven't got the patience it takes. I don't have the determination it takes to sit through this state and study the pattern. Now, the meditative mind is simply that which is more interested in studying the patterns than it is in being jerked around by them. And so if you're going to be jerked around by your patterns, you can be sure you're going to be jerked around by your appetites. And if you're being jerked around by your appetites, you're being jerked around by Madison Avenue, or what is it in Canada? Bay Street. In other words, the advertisers know how to sell you that which is addictive. 
Advertisers know how to sell you that which leads to more consumption. That's what they're good at. If anybody's in advertising, they'll agree with me. That's our job, to sell you stuff you don't really need, but also to sell you stuff you do need. So the nature of the appetite or the nature of addiction is that you start doing it to yourself, and in that process, then the conditioning cycle keeps going on and on. And the one thing you're not doing in the whole process is studying the nature of the patterning of how you respond to conditioning. You're too busy being driven by your early childhood conditioning to be discontented and disrupted, which is what mother did in order to train you, and it's not her fault. Now, your job as an adult, or your job as an awakening being, or your job as a realizing being, or your job as, if you want freedom, you really do have to come to terms with being okay in the now doing nothing, which doesn't mean you're going to be doing it all the time. But for this period of time, I am doing nothing. Now, it's very, very difficult to do that because of the nature of our addictions. And so we have meditation techniques that give the illusion that you're doing something. <laughs> these, aren't, these are made up. These are imaginary. These are imaginary objects to engage your imaginary attention. The way you perceive your reality is imaginary. How do you know what's happening out there? Everything that you experience out there is experienced by this in here. You know your eye... Your eye has how many cones? They perceive what? Red, blue, and green. So I'm looking at Karen's jacket, and what color is that? Purple. There's no purple in your eye. Red, blue, and green. Your brain mixes them all together. Curiously enough, the one that you have the most receptors for is taste. You have something like a thousand different taste receptors. Or smell, the ability to distinguish different chemicals in the air. So from the point of view of the meditator, right, you can't possibly be bored. How could you be bored? You have six senses trained to bug you constantly while you sit there doing nothing. You know? So we do come up with these meditation objects to distract you long enough to get you to sit there to realize that your states are being created by patterns. So when we get into things like Tibetan initiations or more complicated meditations, they're all basically built to keep you entertained while you're sitting there getting bored. Until you get so bored, you start to wonder, what is it that gets bored? Now, when you start looking at the nature of the question, what is it that gets bored, you're going to find the one beast, the demon of what do we call the demon of resistance. The demon of resistance is your appetite your addiction, your inability to sit still and do nothing, which drives you again, out again and again, seeking happiness where it can't possibly be found. Because as I said before, the nature of happiness can't be found if you're constantly in the next moment. And in the process of being in the next moment, continuously, you actually reaffirm, recondition, strengthen, and deepen the root of your addiction to being disturbed, which will then go from boredom to fear, to anxiety, to a new addiction. You'll go from boredom to fear, from fear to anxiety, and from anxiety you'll go find another kind of it, something else to occupy your time. But, as I said, we started with this idea that human beings are a social animal, and the nature of a social animal is to work together, to work in a community, to work in a group, to, to create you know, a tribe that can survive, can create things and do things. And so then how does this apply? Well, then what all you have to do now is make the connection that outer activity is the lesson of meditation applied to activity. 
So when you're washing the dishes, you wash the dishes. You know, if you're washing the dishes to get to the idea that you're going to milk the cow, then you won't be happy washing the dishes, right? But more importantly, you won't be happy when you're milking the cow either. Because when you're milking the cow, you'll be getting the chickens or whatever, right? And so this whole, this whole process is you find that you're constantly living your life in fantasy world. In other words, you're, you're living your life. You're not living your life in the present. You're living the life in some future event that's going to happen, which you never, ever get to. This is anxiety producing. How can you be at peace in your being if you're not in the present moment? Because the only moment you have is the present one. And so the false God, the false refuge of our society is consumption. It drives our appetite. It drives our needs. It drives our ideas of where we are, who we are, what we're going to do, where we're going to be in the future, so on and so on and so on. So if you can apply that mindfulness, that present mindfulness to your activity, then in every moment you are bored. <laughs> because you see, the nature is you're not, you're not sure how to do it. Actually, happy is the right answer. But you can't possibly be happy until you get bored with being bored. You can't possibly be happy until you get bored with being fearful. And you can't possibly be happy until you get bored with being anxiety-driven. Right? In other words, you can't possibly be happy until you're willing to die. Because in this moment, there is no previous moment and there is no future moment. You only have this moment. So there's no birth and there's no death. For more information, please visit clearskycenter.org. That's C-L-E-A-R-S-K-Y-C-E-N-T-E-R.org. Thank you.